Everybody, it's Monday. Happy Monday. We're back. We are back. I was out till three in the morning last night. I had top <laughs> seven night of my life. My sur- the surreal life of Jake Al. I had maybe this is this could this is definitely top seven. I don't know where it's ultimately going to rank. Saying a lot, man. I have a bender last night that was awesome. I'm going <laughs> to tell you all about it at the start of the show. But in terms of important things for us to discuss after a little banter, uh, my guy Gavin Baker wrote a little bit of a tweet storm on a tech renaissance cultural reboot. He's a, he's a hedge. He's a hedgy hedge fund guy, a friend of mine, really smart cat. And this tweet storm dovetails with my other tweet storm I did on Saturday night. There's a big cultural shift going on in Silicon Valley. We're going to talk about it, the good, the bad, the ugly, and how you as founders can navigate it and how we're all going to get through it together. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's a positive message. I think so. It's a positive conversation about teamwork. And then, uh, and then though, we have a cage match. Then we're going to pit to the death chat GPT against Google search and decide whether Google is in fact in trouble mm. now that chat GPT has been unleashed on the world. That's I think right. the results are play everybody's <laughs> exactly. favorite game show, chat GPT or shitty Google search results. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, everybody on the program. <laughs> no spoilers. Course, no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But we have hopefulness. The We Live in the Future uh, segment has delivered, I kid you not, the number one We Live in the Future moment in the history of that segment today. But we're not going to tell you what it's about. You got to listen to the show. When people hear this, Molly, this is literally could change the course of humanity. I mean, we're not exaggerating at In all. any way. So it's going to be a great show. Stick with us. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. This Week in Startups is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Use code TWIST during signup to get started with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And Crowdbotics. Great ideas can change the world. And Crowdbotics is the fastest way to turn those ideas into code. Get a free scoping session for your next big app idea at crowdbotics.com slash twist. Hey, Molly, it's Monday. It's so Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's a Monday in late December. Like we're rolling. Yes. We're getting her done. We're getting it done. Although yeah. I have to say, like we, we had to go Zoom today. I couldn't do a live stream because <laughs> I needed the f- extra filter today. I needed the Zoom touch up my appearance <laughs> because last night. That's what we're all talking about. Last uh, night. The filter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had top seven night of my life top which seven. is saying a lot which is in the surreal you're living of a my life. life you know breaking the breaking like the first volume the first you know 10 chapters this is pretty pretty up there so uh i i found out at three o'clock in the afternoon yesterday sunday here in san francisco that dave Chappelle is playing at the chase center i'm like oh i'm a dave Chappelle fan mm-hmm. and like two or three different people text me Hey, Jake, how are you going tonight? I'm like, wow, I didn't know he was in town. And like, it was with Chris Rock. And I'm like, oh, I love Chris Rock too. Is it two of my favorites? Oh, yeah, I saw pictures of them from the Warriors game. Yes. And so they happen mm-hmm, to be at the mm-hmm. Warriors game. I, it's no secret. Uh, my friend Shamoth owned a piece of the Warriors. And I have some friends at the Warriors, like uh, Draymond Green, um, mm-hmm. you know, who uh, had a great podcast last year. Hopefully comes back maybe the second half of this year after the team, you know, Gets back to winning a little See, bit and he's focused. Pulls it together you know, a little bit, yeah. A uh-huh, uh-huh. little focus time, I think. It'd be a good, a good idea. Uh, so uh, I, uh, I go to the show last night. 
nice to go to see a show uh, and laugh. The world's kind of hard these days, right? Layoffs. We, we're going to board meetings. Every the the it just the world is kind of crummy. Yeah, there's wars, culture wars, literal wars. I mean, we 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 deal with it. Culture every day wars on the turning show. into literal wars. It's it's crazy. The lot. world is it's on fire. Yep. Yes. And uh, I was like, you know, I need a break. I could use a laugh. I I'm go, gonna go step away from the culture wars and see Dave Chappelle. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> funny as it I'm is. Sorry, that was a, it's just a. It's a good one though because really. they softball. both went all in on all the topics of the day, and I had a, just a wonderful breakthrough. That no matter how crazy everything gets in this surreal life that we all share, you and I sharing more of life together here in this past year together, and we're coming up on our one year anniversary as co-hosts. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful thing. And thank you for coming and joining me here for us to be able to share this time together and just work it all out. Uh, and if I had an extra ticket, I would have brought you. <laughs> you know, I was constantly looking to ride. <laughs> Thanks, right boss. now, Molly's like, wait a second. How come I didn't get that phone call? All right, listen. I have my own party weekend. It's just that it never compares once you start talking about yours. <laughs> okay. I, th fair enough. Um, and, you know, there's another layer after this, but, you know, it's not easy being in the Illuminati. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. You know, in some ways, being in the Illuminati, uh, somebody told me I'm in the Illuminati. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, it's honestly, it's a little underwhelming. Once you get in the Illuminati, you realize, like, <laughs> these are some pretty annoying people. Yeah. Illuminati people are just. You got to, like, it's a lot of work being Illuminati. You got to always be. It's just a lot of work to even talk to them. It, like, yeah. It's a once you're in. Handshaking. Yeah, you're in. So it's kind of like you just show up. Uh, but at all these Illuminati meetings, I mean, I never met so many people who like the sound of their own voice. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a, it's, it's like, in a way, it's like a bunch of band camp and theater kids. Yes. Except they're running businesses and countries and, you know, organizations. And they're going to Davos. And the Illuminati is annoying and underwhelming and they they also they're not much fun i'll be honest mm. you don't want to be in the illuminati yeah. you, you kind of want to be like right on the outskirts of the illuminati where you which is kind of where i am i'm illuminati adjacent mm -hmm. more than in the you know i kind of like i come to illuminati like events but i'm not in illuminati. It's like, sort of like will smith in scientology maybe like he's not in scientology but maybe people say he is you know yeah kind of I had a holiday party just as a brief uh, detour. Yes, I had a big, big holiday party on Saturday, and a, a like an Illuminati friend came Ooh. to the party and was basically like, "Oh God, all our VC parties are the worst. This is fun. This is fun as hell, right? Because it was like we were just dancing, and there was like lumpia, but I also yes. had a bartender, and like everybody nice. had to get dressed up, and it was like a nice mix of like, yeah, no, it just still have fun. Like my hairdresser's here." You know, yes, the you Illuminati. Could, it's, it's good to be a normal, is what I'm this saying. This is what happens at Illuminati. A then you and I are in a conversation, okay? So, like, we'll just make eye contact. We're tilting yeah. our heads. We're talking, oh, yeah, how's it going? Da, da, da. And this is what happens to Illuminati. What I'm doing right. right now is looking over your shoulder. Yeah. And if the see person if behind you important. is, you know, <laughs> yeah, because everybody in the room is a 97.5 or higher. So I'm looking at you and I'm like, 98.2. Oh, is the person behind you a 90? Oh, 99.1? Okay, let me wrap this up and let me see if I can level up to the next person in the room in the conversation. Truly annoying, this Illuminati. Yeah. Stuff. Totally. Anyway, it's actually, isn't that just like LA? Well, that's, that's celebrities. Celebrities are, 
only like a, a small percentage of celebrities still, getting it's, into it's, the it's, Illuminati. Still is, it's clout hunting all the way it's around. It's pure clout hunting. All yeah. the time. I noticed so anyway, it a little bit in that VIP room at the Warriors game where it's like, oh, you guys this are is working. Inc- exactly. So we have Back an incredible here. time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was but, like when you but, and I were backstage at the uh, Warriors game for the finals or whatever. Right. So, yeah. And you have to be like, what do you do? Where are you from? What do you do? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, Hollywood. Oh, oh. Send me your card. Your Times Marketplace. Oh, yes. Oh, I I'm a subscriber. So, um. Okay, but so there you are, though. However. Good time. Good setup on how it wasn't that fun, because it sounds like it was actually really fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah. You know, everybody need to blow off a little steam. Yeah. So, you know, I'm friends with Draymond, and Draymond says, hey, hey uh, let's, let's go hang out at the court. And a little practice facility at the uh, Chase Center. So me and uh, Draymond are uh, just shooting some J's. Uh, J. Cal, little Brooklyn comes out, a little J. Cal fadeaway. And uh, my friend Steph Curry comes over and, J. Cal, you're short every shot. You know, like just hit for, go, aim for the backboard, overshoot every time. And then literally three in a row, boom, boom, boom. J. Cal dropping bombs. I'm wearing Crockett and Jones dress shoes. Uh, and I kid you not, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. So now I'm shooting baskets with Chris Rock. Oh, not, with, with, not Chris Rock. He starts with me. With Chappelle. Steph and Draymond. Surreal, surreal, surreal. Like <laughs> levels insane. of surrealness. At and Chase. uh At I, the, I'm not gonna drop any more names on here, the but court. On on not on the arena court, like on their practice facility, which uh, is in yeah. the same building. Uh lo and behold, Dave invites everybody to go to a secret show at one AM. He does at one of the local comedy stores here. So I go see Dave Chappelle do, you know, another set. Well, he sits on stage for two hours. Oh, really? This is after it? he's on stage for an hour at the Chase Center. Did he smoke the whole time? He smokes. Yeah, right? Like a lot. Continuously. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a shtick and they're fake cigarettes, but I get the sense they're real. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how, how is that possible? And then I remember, oh, right. If you're the funniest person on the planet, like, who cares? And I had, like, another revelation, like, wow, in society, there are rules. and then there is like uh reality and the reality is i'm i'm fine with a little secondhand smoke if i get to hang out till three in the morning hearing Chappelle workshopping stuff Chappelle is the greatest entertainer one i mean i'm trying to i've seen some pretty amazing entertainers in my life i've seen michael jordan and patrick ewing gaga Chappelle. gaga i I mean Chappelle. I'm just saying At that the was the end, last time you were saying greatest entertainer. So I'm just wondering exactly. what the yes, what the stack yes. up is there. Like literally on the Mount Rushmore, like watching a Lady Gaga show and mm-hmm. then watching Chappelle in a room of 70 people, Molly, hold court and just interact with the audience. Hey, what do you do? Oh, yeah. This girlfriend. I mean, that kind of stuff. And then he's like. He's talking to these people because he started part of his career was here in the Bay Area. He knows the names of the waitresses, the bartender, security, the DJ. He's chopping it up with them. He's like, remember the joke I told 22 years ago in Oakland when we worked at that club? The guy's like, oh, I got it. And he plays a sound effect. And then Chappelle tells a joke from 22 years ago, tells the history of the joke. It was unbelievable. So anyway, uh, I just like to say, Jesus Christ, I'm grateful for my life. <laughs> Because not only that. Right answer. Yeah. 
20 different people are stopping me. Oh, I love this week in startups. I'm a, I'm a founder. Oh, all in this and that. Oh, I came to the launch festival. Just wonderful to have like a minor amount of recognition for our work and uh, some of the other work I've done in my life for people of importance in the world uh, who are doing great things as well. And so just really wonderful evening out on the town. And uh, so shout out to everybody involved. Leave it at that. Okay, everybody, it's time. The NFL playoffs are almost here, and I'm so excited. Only a few more weeks of regular season football. That means right now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. Check it out right now. FanDuel is giving customers a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 in free bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just sign up with my promo code, TWIST. T-W-I-S-T. And FanDuel is the best place to bet. And you know why that is, right? They have all your favorite bets from point spreads to parlays and even my favorite player props. I love focusing in on my favorite players. Makes the game more exciting. I get a sweat. The app is safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. And of course, you're going to get your winnings paid out fast, which is what we all want. Here are some current NBA MVP odds because this is one I like to make a bet on. I like a wager. Right now, top three MVP betting favorites are Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Luka. They're all sitting at plus 300. But you know who I got? I got my guy, Steph Curry. He's at plus 1,000 right now. That means you can bet a hundy to win a 1,000. So that's it. That's my bet. Sign up today with the promo code TWIST for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment mean more. This season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. That's right. Um, but so much news over the weekend. You and I were just chatting and chatting, and I feel like there's a cultural moment going on in our industry. So as much as Chappelle is trying to navigate that, I realize what we're doing here is important work because we have to navigate some very dicey cultural issues, but mm -hmm. we're all humans. Mm -hmm. And humans share a lot in common. And we fight over little marginal things. But the truth is, we all want to wake up in the morning, do good work, see our families, have a laugh. And so the work here is important because we can help people navigate it. So let's talk about the absolute cultural war and disastrous, <laughs> violent, insane, deranged oh culture Lord. war in technology. Okay. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show, everybody. Here we go. Um, I will say that um, I was lucky enough. Me. I was lucky back, enough <laughs> to not only get to have this wonderful party with friends and family, but also, yeah. uh, even though I was there to see Tom Brady, because this was my brother's bucket list adventure uh, at the Niners game yesterday, Ooh. we were there instead to witness the day that Brock Purdy became a superstar and Tom Brady, his career ended. So it was very, oh. it was an exciting weekend. It's like, you can mm. tell it's getting, it's like party weekends all around. However, mm. yes. yes. Meanwhile, all around us, this conversation uh, was happening and mm. is going to continue to happen, evidently. This idea that the culture of the tech world mm -hmm. sounds like specifically the tech work world is yes. about to change. Or at least if you are talking to investors and uh, founders Boards, or CEOs founders. or board yeah. members, the, the executive class, if you will, yeah. that there is a change afoot. So it was... Um, kind of exemplified by this tweet thread by Gavin, Gavin Baker, the CIO and managing partner at Atreides Management. Is that named after Dune, by the way? 
Do we think that it, it, it might very well be? I, I, I know Gavin socially. Gavin is one of the most brilliant um, capital allocators, thinkers in the space. Mm-hmm. Made some pretty colossal bets. Um, and evidently a, a giant dune nerd, which is awesome. And a bit under the radar, uh, if I'm being honest. I've tried mm-hmm. to get him on the show. He's uh, podcast shy, uh, like some people are. Mm. But, uh, you know. So he's Boston-based, Atreides yeah. Management. Uh, it's like a crossover hedge fund. It invests in both private hedge and public fund, companies. Yeah. Has $4.8 billion under management as of the end of Q3. And some of its private growth stage investments include GoPuff, Sonder, and Republic. And then has some yeah. huge public positions um at amazon amd meta and square you can think of him AKA like a block yeah he's he's uh like a brad gerstner right public private okay. yeah yeah big check totally big bets but generally it sounds like quieter or at least like not as um you know they're both extremely thoughtful when you start managing that level of money you spend mm-hmm. your days um you know we spend our days with a lot of founders right they spend their time with like 10 bets 20 right. bets max and they're like constantly removing two or three bets to add a bet and so they're just sitting there with some of the smartest brainiacs in the world spreadsheet jockeys studying stuff and just moving you know large swaths of money around in very strategic bets to try to move a four billion dollar hedge fund to a five to a six to a 12 right kind of like if you've ever seen billions x capital that was based on, you know, uh, an amalgamation of hedge fund managers, but not the tech hedge fund managers. Those were more like the pure finance ones mm-hmm. uh, on the East Coast. But so he's, he's not that, but he is very smart. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'll preface this by saying the speculative asset bubble mm-hmm. was the fault. It's, Im- it's very important, I think, to set the stage here. Mm-hmm. As painful as it is, the speculative asset budget bu- uh, bubble was set by the leadership capital allocators I, you know i always want to make sure people understand where to place right. the blame before we get the into the pain yeah. yes. got to place the blame before we address the pain mm-hmm. capital allocators mm-hmm. management founders mm-hmm. created an age of excess and speculation and coddling and all kinds of stuff and that speculative asset bubble includes crypto includes growth stocks includes a lot of things is now leading to what I'm dubbing the white collar recession. Yeah. Speculous asset bubble leading to the white collar recession. And the white collar recession. Well, let's go through the tweet storm before I. Yes. Give some analysis. Okay. Here's what Gavin Baker uh, wrote. Yeah. In alongside a post from, he said, with permission, uh, a letter announcing a riff at a, a startup. Right. It was images of this letter sent by an anonymous CEO in his portfolio. And then his major takeaways. The major takeaways go like this. He writes, the fact that Twitter is running well with headcount down significantly really matters. Whether they admit it or not, everyone in Silicon Valley admires Elon. A lot of venture funded CEOs are sending emails like this inspired by Elon and taking drastic action. Margins are going up. So we have some screenshots of the letter and uh, we'll and pull again, that up. With but permission, I'll- he did this. With permission, exactly. And the the like the name of the company is redacted and the you know number yeah. of FTEs is redacted. But the the gist of the letter, the synopsis, is that the CEO writes that they noticed around 2016, 2017 that the quote hardcore startup culture of grinding and being a high performer was replaced with making sure employees felt appreciated and had amazing benefits. And to them, uh, he this CEO writes, it became more about perks than about performance, but now 
thanks to, uh, in part, to Elon's handling of Twitter, this CEO thinks we're entering a tech renaissance where, quote, the industry can be rebuilt on strong principles and ideals that can last for generations and spur the development of technologies and profits beyond our imagination. The letter then ends with the following quote. We're going to be firing a bunch of people. Okay, that's not good. <laughs> yes. We're going to be and- <laughs> This is a very inspiring setup to we are going to be another doing another layoff. Only exceptional performers will remain. This will take our team to redacted FTEs. Since the last riff, the CEO wrote, morale has improved to an all time high and we've been able to do more with less. I expect to see a similar impact this time around. Yeah. So and I would say this predates, um, you know, Twitter and what Elon's doing over there, you know, we had a very similar thing from uh, Brian over at Airbnb when he did his riff. He said, I, you know, I, I got caught up in this. It's mm-hmm. my fault. Zuckerberg, it's my fault. There's a, you know, a lot of folks starting Those to realize. Might be a little different from the way this is worded, but yes. I think, you know, here's the important point here. Mm-hmm. There was an era of excess. We all know mm-hmm. that. If you want to blame zero interest rates, that to me seems like blaming somebody who goes to vegas and goes on a bender gambling and losing their mind for two days on the fact that the cage gave them chips when they asked right. for a wire sure. from their bank account this is over hiring it's over investing in the wrong that's being like oh my god money i mean it is a little bit money is free but it's like oh my god money's free let's invent the metaverse and it's just a bender. add that it's a bender it's an now, entrepreneurial bender we i've seen people do this i'm talking about real world vegas yeah, I've seen people who have money go on a bender and, you know, like I, I go to bed, it's 4 a.m. and they're at the blackjack table. I, you know, I get my uh, six, seven hours of sleep. I come down at 11. You know, I want to hit the buffet before it mm-hmm. closes, get a little coffee and a croissant. I, I'm like, there's no way they're still at the blackjack table. You know, I went yeah. to bed at three. It's 11 a.m. They're still at the blackjack table. They're still there. They're chasing it. This is what happened in our industry. 100%. And, and it's happened before, right? My brother was actually telling me a story about when he moved here during the the boom. The dot-com boom and like met a guy who had cashed out from a to-be-unnamed tech company Mm -hmm. that had gone public, had $20 million and a Ferrari and was doing cocaine off of his keys at the bar. And then like promptly started crying about how hard his, like how he didn't know if he could trust his friends and he was never going to be able to find love because he had too much money and he didn't know if he could trust him and he was like doing all these drugs. And then, you know, and then, and then my brother was like, uh we don't do feelings just turn it off like a light shove it down on the inside and then the guy in thanks takes him to the back of the ferrari and pulls out a tin of drugs and is like take what you need thanks for the help and my <laughs> brother's like no no thank you right so like these oh my Lord. we have seen these kinds of benders yes and then we have seen them get followed by pain here's what i think is interesting about this comment there seem mm. to be two um approaches here right one is i the ceo got carried away We're going to return to fundamentals. We're going to come together as a team and we're going to get the work done. Hmm. And the version that is like, my spoiled ass employees are out the door because a bunch of them are losers who have not been pulling their weight. And it's, it's it's this very punitive. It's like, you're now you're, it's like you built a freaking giant castle that you couldn't afford. And then now you're punishing the workers and acting like it's somehow their fault. And then your you know kind of reaction to this is going to be i'm going to you know reduce to the bare minimum get rid of the dead weight which is just such a like yeah just such i'm sorry like an insulting and and frankly like 
it, it feels like there are some members of the executive class here and the investor yeah. class and the CEO class who are, are sort of like thrilled that they can finally take off the mask and, and stop pretending that these people are people right, with um, all their pesky needs. And it's like, listen, I get that you are you wish that they were already robots. Yeah, but they're not. And for and so you have this kind of like double thing happening where I think there are some companies who have managed to to create and maintain a supportive culture where yeah. people like being yeah. Airbnb, Slack, Twilio, Salesforce, like those have been high performing companies with really positive work cultures. Yeah. And now you're seeing some CEOs being like, I'm freaking stoked that I don't have to be nice to these people anymore. And I'm, yeah. I so think this we're going to, it's going to, it's generational. There's a culture war here, right? Yeah. And what you're describing is when the market comes apart like this, everybody's under stress. Yeah. You know, then, um, you, you 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 start to see some true colors come out. You start to see some emotions that maybe were bottled up. Yeah. So to play cultural commentator here for a second, mm -hmm. and I, I did prerequisites by placing blame where it belongs on the coddling that was designed by venture capitalists and CEOs. They designed this. Why did they design it? They wanted to corner the talent on market. Uh, corner of the market, the, the talent market. Yeah. And they had free money. So instead of focusing on the business fundamentals and saying, just bottom up, blank sheet accounting, budgeting, and they call, I think it's called like zero based budgeting, which is where you say, hey, I need to make a podcast. What do I need? Okay, I need a host. Okay, maybe I should have two co-hosts. Okay, I need uh, an editor. I need a mm -hmm. producer. And I need a sales exec. Instead of doing that, where you just kind of build up like what is the essential thing you need and how many hours does it take to edit this how long does it take to do a clip how many clips do we want to do a week how long is the show going to be you know are we going right. to go direct to tape you, and you sort of analyze and it to what end what do we right. want to accomplish what do we right. accomplish right so and you, you work this, backwards from there mm -hmm. right so you have this is the output and then you build it. what people did was they said all right so let's budget x amount for that and just mm -hmm. spend it however and that's a lazy person's way of running a business and that's what everybody in the industry did. They just said, okay, this group gets 10 million, this group gets 2 million, this group gets 20 million. And they just ran with it because as people were saying, I think in this letter, the person it describes like three fundraisings in a year. Mm -hmm. What we used to have in Silicon Valley is a merit-based, uh, highly stressful milestone-based funding. I've talked about milestone-based funding for a long time on this podcast. And what that mm -hmm. did was it just kept a lot of intellectual honesty kept a lot of pressure on management teams and founders the ceos felt extreme pressure because you'd start a fundraise six to nine months after your last fundraising and if you got it done you got it done and if you didn't get it done game over and that was that leash that uh and i'm calling it a leash for a reason because vcs would jerk that chain on founders founders mm -hmm. were subservient to this leash and chain that vcs had them on and you'd get towards the end of that money and uh oh you couldn't get a term sheet great here's the most punitive term sheet you can imagine and we're going to grind you down founders uh, and you're going to work harder and so there was this it was sadistic in, in at times with chat with how the leadership of these teams were treated um but it did make everybody like gladiators and so you have this gladiator culture from the you know post.com era and in, in the early part of the that entrepreneurial thing then faced with this age of excess everybody got fat everybody spent too much yada yada and then of course 
these VCs who were yanking the chain. Now they were chasing all these deals. If you want to build an app, you want to build a startup, you want to build a website, a service, a marketplace, any of these things, well, you're going to need to have a really good plan. And if you don't have a good plan, well, your idea is probably going to fail. Well, I've got a solution for you. Crowdbotics gives you access to the best practices for your specific app. What this means is Crowdbotics has all the pre-built app templates ready to build your startup faster. You're not starting from scratch. Your developers would have to start from zero. These developers at Crowdbotics and their team, they've got that technology ready to go. And so the architecture is going to come together very quickly. You can think of Crowdbotics as a CTO as a service, right? A chief technology officer who you can just drop in and boom, they are going to build your app for you quick and they're going to spec it out perfectly. So if you're not sure where to start, Crowdbotics also offers professional scoping. Now, this is going to help you flesh out your project. They're going to ask you the important questions. They're going to help you flesh out the features maybe you haven't thought of, right? I want you to talk to the folks at Crowdbotics and let them show you how good they are at what they do. They will schedule a free scoping session with you and get you a detailed build plan at crowdbotics.com slash twist. That's crowdbotics.com slash twist. Try Crowdbotics and see what they can do for you in their scoping session. You got nothing to lose. We and, and of course, as I've said many times here, like you can't blame employees. If if you're going to do my dry cleaning, okay, got to do my dry cleaning anyway. You're going to buy me lunch. I was going to go out, but I'll, I'll go to the cafeteria. Well, so now fair. These mm, companies all made a lot of money. I think it's important to note that, like, yes, that culture also, didn't some. necessarily. We can't like one to one correlate that with a shocking lack of productivity. It actually helped create the five most valuable companies in the world. Right. So like. This idea that somehow there was this massive slacker culture and nobody was prospering right. is also ridiculous. Yeah, and it and it was basically you the the, the company we're talking about here is Google, which started this. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about for many times on this podcast that they did it to corner the market on talent. And then this wasn't something that was black and white. This is something that happened over time, right? Where the perks and the perks and the number of positions and the size of different groups in an organization and the number of different groups that people felt they needed. It just everything got bloated, everything became easier. And what people forget is those four or five companies that created this culture had struck oil. Mm -hmm. Most startups do not strike oil. Most startups find like a little bit of oil here, a little bit of oil there, and then they shut the rigs down. Yeah. When you hit pay dirt, and you got 20 rigs blowing oil out of there faster than you can sell it, and you just stockpiling it, and all you have to do is turn the spigot on, and you got liquid gold, black gold coming out of there into barrels, which was Google, Facebook, Microsoft, yeah. Airbnb, Uber. When, you're getting, when, your when, when coats, products, you're getting your Lambos, you're going to be head to toe exactly. diamonds. And it's just the situation becomes like, well, why even bother looking at this? So then that fed its way into unprofitable startups, and that became the problem. So where do we go from here? That's yep. always the question. Where do we go from here? So as part of this cultural reset, I think you pointed out astutely, there's different ways to go about this. Mm -hmm. There is the ha ha, you know, where the people who are soft and weak, you just lost your jobs. We didn't like right. you. We never like working with you. I see a little bit of that. Um, but the more important thing, in, and I'm giving this advice to people because I've been through this and I know how to get through it. It's my third time going to war like this. Put your head down as a leader. You set an example, you take on more work, you grind harder, 
You get people focused on the things that are essential in the business. You watch every penny and you run lean and you run hard. And that's my advice to all founders here. And that also goes down to, you know, the rank and file class. Everybody has to look at themselves in the mirror from the CEO down to the person who's been at the company, the junior salesperson, you know, first developer out of school, whoever, whatever your job you got. You got to just be efficient. Look at your calendar, look at your output, and just say, am, do, does this company need me or not? Am, am I contributing to the team? And if I'm not contributing to the team, let me find a team I can go contribute to. This happens with basketball players all the time. You know, they're on a team. The, the last four or five folks on the bench don't get a lot of time, but they, they serve a big purpose in practice, don't they? Mm-hmm. They're the team that you play in practice. They're the other, you know, the, the away jerseys in, in the practice games. So what you need to do here if you're in one of these companies, very simple. And you, you probably see me tweeting about it. You get to see it internally, Molly. Uh, we just did a founder university episode. It's uh, I think one of the best ones we've ever done. Kelly, I, I don't know if you saw, I shared it this week and Kelly did mm-hmm. an amazing 10 minute episode. Uh, we'll put links into the show note if you, or if you search for founder.university, just done t- something very simple called time blocking or boxing and different methods for being more efficient. If everybody in a company becomes 10 20% more efficient every month for three months, all of a sudden, it's like the company hired three or four more people. It's time just for everybody to work smarter, harder, and for management to set priorities better. Anything that's not essential as a project, you just got to cut it, put it on the do not right now list, and then get everybody focused. And then we all get fit. And then we get out of it. That's what has to happen right now. That's the cultural moment we're in. The party went on too long. Everybody needs to get an IV, get some fresh air, work out, eat some soup, get back in the game. That's it. We don't have to make this into more than it is, everybody. The economy is going to be brutal in 2023. I believed it was going to be a double dip recession. And I thought we had a 50-50 of a soft landing. I think now it's like 80-20, 70-30. Who knows? But I always said it's going to be six quarters. This is quarter three. It's going to be hard for three more quarters. That's it. Everybody tighten your belts, work harder, work smarter. You don't have to kill yourself. But this is, you know, kind of the price you pay when you have a big hangover. It was things were too easy last year. Things are going to be too hard next year. Part of the cycle. Boom bust. And if you haven't been through a boom bust cycle right now, congratulations. Because we live in the modern world, the developed world, whatever you want to call it. Come on. Everybody we're talking. Well, I guess there are some young people who haven't been through a boom bust cycle. It's true. Well, I mean, to be fair, like this is 14 years, Molly. How long has this boom been? 14 years? 13 or 14? 2008? Wow, Nine. we're getting up there. But there was that kind of slow. Yeah, it's and then it's twelve yeah, now. Years, twelve years. Yeah, I mean, this is it's an unprecedented. It's truly an unprecedented. If you're thirty three, this is all you've known. That the thing I would add to what you're saying is the, and this is where, like, I mean, you know me to be a bit of a populist, right? So when I see, of course, go for it. Really, like wealthy investors and CEOs complaining about their employees and talking about how everybody got so spoiled and you know, da da da. It's sort of like, well, okay, well, listen, hold up. A lot of like, if you have people on your team who are not productive, that's actually on you, right? That's a leadership. And I think that a lot of times, especially if you like startup, startups don't necessarily and early Mm. do not aren't aren't prioritizing HR and Mm. systems development. And the thing is that like when companies scale, Mm -hmm. they change. It's not as fun. And also, you actually do have to implement lasting systems in order to 
Mm. let everybody know what they're working toward. You got your KPIs and your OKRs and everybody's got shared goals and they're working toward those goals and they know what the metrics of success are. And then you have everybody moving in the same direction. You also, when you are a really big company, yes, or even a medium sized company, you have to hit your hitters and sitters, but your sitters do the work that let your hitters succeed, right? Like the guys on the bench who make the whole team possible in some way. And so I think that there, I, I would say that for founders who are going through this, it's not just about like founders coding more. Mm. It's about figuring out how leadership is going to make your company run better. It is really 100%. ultimately like we don't manage in this country anymore. We had, there was like a, there was a book about management and how the biggest drawback in corporate america is literally middle management because we don't train people how to manage we don't value management and leadership and the ability to say this person's good at this and so have them do this and this person's good at this and it's like a whole uh discipline Mm. that i think probably happens even less at startups than it does in corporate America, because it's just not valued, right? It's like, no, we don't have time for that. We're all builders and we're all working and we're all grinding. And we're doing this thing. But the fact of the matter is like the sucky part of scale is you got to manage. I don't want to yeah, do and it. What is management? I'm going right? to be an individual contributor forever because managing sucks. But well, management is about people. Well, you know what you are actually you're moving into. And I think this will be like when we talk about like your, like your, a second, mentor, your development, not a manager. Just, well, okay, but hold on anyway, a second. Yes, okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, when you go into your second year here, and we, we start thinking about what we're going to talk about on VC Sunday School and some things, I think actually a valid topic is, you know, not just how to invest, but what to do after investing, right? Post-investing. Yeah. So this could be like a little roadmap for us. And what you want to be is player coach. When mm-hmm. Draymond's out there, when Jordan was out there, they're very vocal, and they're, they're acting as a, 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 you know, a backup coach to Steve Kerr. Right. right, Steve Kerr's totally. maybe right. calling a play. You still Steve got a coach, right? And so what you but move is to player coach. You, exactly. You're on the court. You're a coder. You're a sales executive, but you're making everybody around you better. How do you make people around you better? Well, you 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 you, you hit on a few of them. You know, you got to set really good goals. Mm-hmm. You got to have good procedures in place. And one you left off that we focus on a lot: professional development. Yeah, professional development training. is huge. Yeah, training is great management. I like to call it professional development because training feels like you know here's how you know notion yeah, works right. here's That's how like zendesk click works through this uh, yeah the mm. sexual harassment training stuff you're right professional yeah, development click, click, is click. much better I mean, but when you start word. talking about professional development and you talk mm-hmm. about the why mm-hmm. and if you look at what i i mean you've been here for you know the year uh now and you see what i spend my time doing i'm trying mm-hmm. to explain the why behind how i make decisions so that i don't have to make them anymore right it's a learning work. organization I could, go, I could go skiing and know that <laughs> if i'm not on the investment team call it a decision gets made it's going to be thoughtful. It may not be yeah. the exact decision I make, but it's not going to be a bad decision. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a great dialogue around it. So this is what everybody's got to do. Yeah. There's, there's kind of like this joke about like these mid-level managers, like some people call them like security guards or prison guards. Like they're not actually doing anything. That's the this problem. is a vestige exactly, of like- office work and culture where they were mm-hmm. like walking around, making sure everybody was on time, making sure people stayed late. Right. You know, kind of cracking the whip and making sure people worked harder, but they never actually looked at the work. They never looked at the output. And, you know, this is hard. I just did a calendar review at inside.com and I did uh, it at launch with most of the people. And I just said, hey, listen, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Tell me about this on your calendar. And what's the output of it? And I hope it was constructive for people. People told me well, offline. It was very constructive. I said, is this 
the best use of your time to be doing this Mm-hmm. because this seems like it's a more important priority should we be doing more of this and they were like absolutely and then i thought about why aren't we doing that and you know who that's on me i should have reviewed the calendar and i right. you know so this is what management needs to do sit down with your 10 directs reports l- have them pull out their calendar and just have an honest dialogue hey, have you time blocked things that matter have you you know what actually is the output we're going for here manage yourself look at that and then have i given you clear enough instructions of what the mm-hmm. output is and what are you still uh, doing like what happens at a lot of companies too is what are you still doing that i told you to do a year ago but turns out we don't need anymore mm. right like those regular kind so of good those regular audits of yep. of time spent maybe not yeah. in public sure. where everyone can see them but i like um, it but yeah we have different management styles we yeah. do we do we do it's a, it's a mom it's a real mom and dad vibe we got <laughs> it is. I, you know, it is. And uh, here's what I'll say. In a startup, the, the the example to do it privately is, oh, well, people, you know, you don't want to, sh- you don't want to tip into shaming people or making people feel bad or criticism to live publicly. It's a super valid one, right? I get it, mom. And then there's another <laughs> one, which is, hey, here's the standard. Let's all hit it. Yeah. It's not personal. I love a public standard. Yes. And I like publicly talking about it, but I, I'm different. And, right. But, you know. Yeah. You're different, but you know what? You're different. Well, you if you if you look at a group like the winning teams, mm-hmm. if something was you know, if I'd say I like if if I do think something is like super cutting, I do actually deliver privately. You would know because it was delivered privately. I've had I've had private right. sit downs with people um, where I'm like, is this really the job for you? Are you enjoying it? you've never you'll never see me in public say hey are you enjoying this job and do you want to be here you know whatever i say hey let's let's talk about efficiency let's talk about tactics whatever but the big picture stuff if it's like do you want to be here is this right for you you know are you enjoying it is there something that you would enjoy more those are delivered privately i will say the value the one value i did see in doing some version of that calendar review publicly is to sort of is to be like, oh, that's something I could be, do, right? You can, it, you could say, you can see, oh, yeah. okay, if, if this person is having to spend this many hours on that, it's because it actually needs to be d- done over here. And it's mm. easy for a contributor in the company to be like, ooh, you know yeah. what? I probably let that drop. And therefore, yeah. this person over here spent too many hours on it when she really should have been doing this kind of thing. These are all, you know, important. And but what either we're way, about what it really is- comes down to, though, is an effort to lead, which is, fundamentally what we're talking about is that like it's yeah. not gonna this is no downturn is survived by somebody just sort of blindly being like work more the mm. end right yeah. that's not how you, you're like work more on this this is the goal here's how to get that done if you don't know how there will be professional development to show you how like yeah. it's a it's just a all i would reiterate for the people on twitter who seem so excited to get to fire people is like it. <laughs> everybody gets through the downturn together and there is a huge leadership burden that has to be undertaken here and Mm -hmm. the idea that you've got these like losers that you can't wait to jettison and i'm not saying every company doesn't have at least one loser that they want to jettison it's five percent of the workforce it might be 10 in some companies and really that's on management for not doing that's on management for not saying it sooner so you know uh here's the other thing this is all happening with the overhang of work from home Yes. Which we talked about countless times. Massive now, contributor. Massive contributor. This. Also, everybody mm-hmm. is under a lot of stress having been under a two years, you know, at home sentence. We, the mental health issues going on in the world are acute. Yeah. You 
can't lock people up for six, 12, 18 months, or they lock themselves up, you know, however you, however you decided to do you during the pandemic, if you wanted to be a risk taker, if you wanted to be, you know, uh, a hypochondriac, you know, anywhere on that spectrum. But whatever you were, you felt it. No matter what, no matter where you fell on that spectrum, you felt it. Yes. And society was in conflict over it. And it's been like a really... Yes. And now, and it didn't just end, right? There's a huge hangover from that. Huge hangover. I know many mm-hmm. people who are still scared to go out in public. I know many people who are lonely, who didn't maintain friendships, who are in a funk. So yeah. I, I think we got to, if, if, if it was two years of pain and suffering, it might be two years for some people. It might be four years or six years to erase that pain and suffering that they experience, right? Sometimes the wound um, takes a long time to heal. Other people, mm-hmm. they get, you know, they, they rebound quicker. So, be kind to each other, get focused. And if you are a worker in this, if you're a manager, it's your responsibility to set the goals, be kind to people, uh, and keep the company alive. uh, So that you can hire people back eventually, if you're on the worker side, mm, look at your calendar, look at your output, and then just go to your manager and say, I looked at my last three days of work. These things seem essential, these things not so much. Mm -hmm. And this time is open. How can I do more? to get us to our goals quicker. That's all mm-hmm. you got to do. And if you do that, now you're in the bucket of people who are going to, in all likelihood, be part of the team. And if you just hide and duck, you're probably going to get cut. And it's going to be one more year of this. So for people who it's the first time, which is, yeah. I'd say a third of the industry is experiencing this for the first time. In and our be, industry, because we're a young industry. Startups are a young aware, You know, like I just went for the leaders, mm. for the young people in an organization who yeah. are, freaking out right now and you're getting all mad and you don't want to be 20% more effective or you resent your calendar review or whatever. Like Mm. the important thing that you will learn as you get more experienced in the working world, and this is really important, Mm. is to have a sense of the bigger picture. Mm. Like we all go, you know, we're all like, I have my goals and my things that I want to accomplish. You're part of a company. You're Mm. part of a team. That company has priorities. Those priorities might be changing as a result of the pandemic in some cases, or as a result of this downturn, in some cases, dramatically. Mm. You might not want that to be happening, yeah, but it is. And so it's sort of like everybody's got to get on the same team, including employees who are like, I can't believe this is happening and I'm outrageous about this and I'm super precious about my this and that. It is a changing environment. And the more you Mm. can have empathy for that leader, and that Mm. manager and understand that it's also stressful for them because especially like when you're a founder, I mean, if there's anything I have become aware of in this job, it's the like, talk about a parent, right? A founder Mm. is a parent of a whole bunch of kids, including the larger kid that is their company. And Mm. so the idea that there could be damage done or they might have to close or lay people off is terrifying and stressful for them too. So uh, the empathy has to go in both ways. You cannot be the little, like you can't be the, even though I just said, don't call them spoiled. Some of them are. And you can't be the spoiled person who's like, but my yeah. career goals, but my this or that. Like, mm. it's a it's a group effort. All right. One of the other exciting things that comes out <laughs> of this is that innovation keeps rolling. Yes. Let's play chat GPT <laughs> or Google. We got a fun game today, everybody. Fun little game for you. Man. Everybody knows chat GPT is impressive and this is made by OpenAI, sam uh, altman's company uh, a friend of mine and the results in this uh chat response 
AI, narrow AI product is very impressive. Some people saying this will kill Google. Mm -hmm. A little bit silly. Nothing's going to kill Google. And if they did have an impact on it, it would be a slow, slow burn. And it would take 20 years to change their results. And Google also has incredibly strong AI. They just don't give it to consumers. Right. So. Also, chat GPT is not on the internet yet. But. Yes. And chat GPT costs a couple of cents per search. A Google search costs a fraction of a cent. So there is that. The, the billions of searches being done would you would have to increase the cost of ads on Google by five, six, seven cents each. So this is something people don't realize. ChatGPT takes a lot of compute power. And I think Sam Altman publicly said it's a couple of cents. Mm -hmm. And there's a very interesting relationship with Microsoft, major investor, partner mm -hmm. of OpenAI and Azure, et cetera. These, uh, they're working together. It might be that Bing, I, I don't know this, Right, but maybe Bing has the exclusive this. and Microsoft is going to, you know, get to, and we'll be using Bing search engine over Google someday because of this type of innovation. It's certainly going to have an impact. I mean, there's but no doubt the it's been reverberating. Everyone's talking about chat GPT, even like yes. my rando, not at all techie artist friends are like, have you seen yes. this? So yeah. But the question is, yes, chat GPT or Google, mm -hmm. which one's better today? Exactly. Question one, what is the best ski hill on the Epic Pass? Epic Pass is the season pass uh, that gives you like, I don't know, 30, 40 mountains in the US and some international ones. The answer here, the ski resort Whistle Black Home is the best ski resort in the Epic Pass area of validity. With 4.7 of five stars, it has the highest rating in the Epic Pass. Black Home Peak is a mountain located east of Whistler, British Columbia, that forms the boundary between Whistle Black Home Ski Resort and Gerbaldi Provincial Park, a season pass provides you with the unrestricted multi-resort access to some of Colorado's best famous mountain resorts like Vail, Beaver Creek, Breckenridge, Keystone, yada yada. Multi-ski mm -hmm. resort passes are also a great way to save money and diversify your skiing portfolio. Now, did this come from ChatGPT or, just so we're clear what happened here, we're not taking the 10 blue links from Google, we're taking right. the number one result from Google or the snippet, and we're just we putting those know. side by side. These are not screenshots. And what our producers yes. have done behind the scenes mm -hmm. is run both of these searches on chat, yes. GPT and Google, and then cut and paste the text answer only. Right. So that we right now can guess. And I want to reiterate that we don't know. Neither of us knows. No, no, so. Which one's so which So looking here. at this one. Yeah. I have a thought. There are some tells here for me that lead me to one solution what's mm -hmm. your thought i'll let you go first uh ladies first of course i totally agree that there are some tells here that make me think that this is chat gpt and i bet we Which have the one? same give tells. me a specific one that makes you think the it's chat gpt tell for me is the transition the tangent if you will to yes. the season pass concept right it's same. giving you extra information you didn't ask for mm -hmm. and it's a little chatty <laughs> chat gpt <laughs> Uh, you're kind of like that's not what i asked you but i'm still eating my coffee cake and drinking my tea in this little salon so i'll let you go on you can filibuster a bit but I, we never asked it to go on to give us the season pass providing you with all this stuff that's ai jumping the fence also some weird language is the best ski resort in the epic pass area of validity of area of validity yeah totally. area of validity mm -hmm. Right. Who am I speaking with? Yeah. 
covered ski hills would be an option or that it covers or yeah exactly area yeah, validity. I mean, it's, just, it's the best ski resort on the epic pass yeah it doesn't understand that epic pass is the, like a yeah. thing and that we know it you don't have to say area validity mm -hmm. it's like somebody speaking like pretentiously also, if i'm being honest yeah way too definitive to be google <laughs> or a human in the first google search results so we are going to say that this is chat gpt are we are right we right or are we or wrong, wrong? <gasps> what i wonder if this blog post was written by somebody who's not american because you know there's content farms in manila where people are doing this so this is a poorly written content farm spam Mm -hmm. Which we thought was ChatGPT. Which we oh thought was ChatGPT. We're off to a hot start. Okay, this is actually way more exciting than I thought spicy. it was going to be. This is exciting. Right, let's go okay, to number let's two. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Okay, what so do the question I need to host the project. This is a Molly question. <laughs> totally. Is. All right, Miss Molly, here you go. Party planning. Okay, so party planning question. Oh my question. God, it's going to be the best brunch ever. What do I need to host the best brunch? In my personal opinion, it's a frittata, always a frittata. But let's see what the internet had to say. If you want to host the best brunch, there are a few things you'll need to consider. First, make sure you have a good selection of food and drinks, including both sweet and savory items. You'll also want to make sure you have enough seating for all of mm -hmm. your guests and that your table and chairs are comfortable. Additionally, consider setting the mood with some music and decorations and make sure you have enough serving dishes and utensils. Finally, don't forget to plan for any dietary restrictions your guests may have. Oh, man. See, now it's in my head. <laughs> no. Now I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm in a simulation right now because this... <laughs> This is a better answer than the last one. This is way better. And I'm which makes me think it's ChatGPT. I think it is. <laughs> which makes me think ChatGPT is really a lot better than we think it is. But it might just be for a series of questions. Hold on. I want to... <laughs> what makes you think this is ChatGPT versus wow. a human? Um, well, I have noticed in repeated use of ChatGPT that there's okay. a lot of that things you want to consider type language. There are a few Ooh. things you'll need to consider. And then it gives you like a nice list. Mm -hmm. so the and prompt the context it's setting in that first sentence is a bit chat gpt ish it's a bit exactly like the way the that it starts of a the sentence and i also sort of feel like a web result would give you more more specific recipes like this is maybe yes. like literally how to host a party it's pretty generic it's pretty top level generic that's the word this yeah. is like a robot's version of what to do Mm -hmm. Yes, if you are going to do a brunch, you're going to need a selection of food and drinks. You might want to consider both sweet and savory items. <laughs> exactly. Make sure you have enough seating for your guests. They do not like humans, do not like to sit on the floor. <laughs> and additionally, if the tables and chairs are comfortable, that is also great. Right. <laughs> right. Consider setting a mood with music and decorations. Humans like decorations and mood. <laughs> uh Make sure you have enough serving dishes and utensils. This is a bot. It's and a bot. There's bot etiquette that we're going to have to get used to. Bots have like their own little version of etiquette right now mm -hmm. that we're going to have to work on. You don't need to repeat it back to me. If you want to host the best brunch, right. I already asked you that. Yes. I don't need that. It's repeating the question. You're That's repeating hilarious. the question back to me. That's annoying as F. Then... Yeah. I don't need to know it's a listicle. I know you're going to give me multiple items. I asked mm -hmm. you, what do I, what do I need to host the best brunch? I know it's not going to be one thing. I'm not looking for a silver bullet. So you don't need to say, there are a few things you need to consider. This is like yep. Siri being like, how may I help you? Try you not know? to kill the humans with too much gluten. 
or peanuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm Make sure I'm you going... ask if anybody has a peanut allergy, the largest killer of humans of all allergies. 6,742 people die every month from chat allergies. Although that's what they happened the... from asphyxiation when they're. That's what <laughs> happened like... in the Google result up above, though. Like multipasses can be I an know. excellent. We're like, did I ask you about a multipass? Multipass. Multipass. multipass, you get it. I knew you were gonna get it. <laughs> multipass, multipass, multipass. <laughs> All right, I know you want the multipass. Just take it easy. Multipass, multipass. <laughs> look it up, kids. If you're under thirty, look it up. I know. Just uh, Rachel, just, you know what multipass is? You know, don't Google it. You don't get our joke right okay, now. Okay, Brian, you know the reference, producer Brian. Multipass. Nope. nope. He said, oh my god. I'll oh, tell you in a minute. Not they I'll don't even know like. This is ChatGPT. We both agree. Yeah, this is ChatGPT. Multipass. Okay. It's ChatGPT. ChatGPT, yes or no? We're, we're in alignment. ChatGPT. Correct. Correct. Okay, good. Woof. Okay. okay, so the first one was English as a second language, a content farm in Manila, I'm certain. I got to <laughs> see the... Do you have the webpage that that was from? Let's shame this webpage. Go find us that webpage. All you got to do is take that first section and search for it on Google in quotes. And it will this give you that. This is tricky too, because we, what well, we should, so did you just, you just cut and paste from the first result, right? Yes. Or second or third. I told them. Cause that's what one I of think the, should probably happen here. Well, the results are always different depending on if you've searched before, et cetera. So what I told them, Molly was just take the result, the best result of the top two or three, which is how oh. you use Google, right? You open up the first two or three and you find the best result for you. So right. try to but simulate. Sure enough, I just popped that into Google and got that exact same thing from ski resort.info. Of course, it's from .info. Is yeah. it ski-resort.info? No, is it's a actually not. Span. They even got ski resort.info. But yeah, it's a, so this is content span. I gotta see which this is, page. This page, is this one of these like ad heavy pages? Here, hold on. I just pasted it here. Somebody shared the page. It's got some ads. I've seen heavier, though, if I'm being honest. This is actually kind of not terrible. Are you in Brave and you have no ads like me? Mm. No. All right. Let me take a look at this page. Yeah. You know what this is? This is a landing page spam. Mm -hmm. SkiResort.info is a SEO spam landing page. This is how Google gets tricked. Everything on this page right. this is, is why a freaking ad. This is why I prefer ChatGPT. Because it went through all this mashugana, yeah. got rid of the ads, and gave us an answer. Exactly. This is why now, Google's wait. in trouble, I'm just saying. Go ahead and run a... Can you give that... Do you have the answer that ChatGPT would have given us for that no, same question? Hold on. Let's ask what ChatGPT is, that same question, and we'll see what's better. What so somebody do that in the background. Let's go on to question three. Okay. Yeah. So we can you keep the train moving. Let's keep going. Okay. Let's okay. Go. Question three. All right. What is the best college major in mm. 2022? All right. Hold on a second. What is... The best college major in 2022. We don't specify for making money, for enjoyment. It's just like an open-ended question. What major should I basically take in 2022? And the answer here is petroleum engineering, the best college major. Wow. I got Grammarly on. Grammarly Pro used the promo code twist. <sighs> and I got a little red line under there. Uh, it can be I one of it? the most fruitful majors for young students. While the market is competitive, the financial rewards for majors in this field can be incredibly high. A student who selects this major can expect a high-intensity program featuring a diverse collection of classes, including engineering, economics, and environmental studies. Because of the high competition levels for future jobs in this major, students should consider taking a master's or even a PhD in this field for furthering their chances of success once they enter the market. All right. When we look at each graph here, uh, this is what I will call filler content farm spam. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A person who wrote this doesn't actually know the information. They found the information on somebody else's website, like a list of like the highest paying ones. And they did a lot of filler content. I dealt with this when I was doing Mahalo and mm-hmm. comparing our content or whatever to other people creating filler content. First sentence. Also, just kill me, by the way. Petroleum engineering. It's Come on. So dumb. I got to tell you, this is, uh, this is a content farm spam in a Google search result. It is not chat GPT. I agree with you. I think that that is the case. I'm going to go content farm spam, a.k.a. Google. AKA Google results. Which, <laughs> of course. Of course. Nailed it. We're good at this. We know, we, we know how to write. This is poor writing. Give me the web page that this disaster came from. Here we and go. Then I'm going to run the same thing in chat GPT right now. Hold on a second. Look at this garbage website this came from. Yeah. This is a nut. This is, oh my God. I'm starting to believe chat GPT might kill right? Google now. I mean, to be fair, I this is exactly what I said. When I used it, I was like, no, nah, I like this better. This is garbage web results. There's still spam at the top of Google results. So um, my degree college got my degree guide.com is complete content farm spam. This is written by somebody who has no knowledge who wrote filler content with grammatical errors in it. Yeah. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. <laughs> Google, uh, Sund- send this to Sundar. This clip's go- I, Sundar's going to see this, right? He's going to lose his brain. Google is in trouble, and here's the Google, only reason that Google, F. the only reason Google is safe for now. And this is what I said on the show actually when I first tried it after I did the like the party planning search. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is my new Google because whoa, mm-hmm. because you don't want to get. And Nick is the one who like blew our minds over the weekend. He did a search on ChatGPT that was like what's a good 15 minute dinner? I have beef tips and citrus. And remember he was just like, I need a recipe. <laughs> there it is. And chat GPT was like, Oh, here's an awesome 15 minute dinner solution. And okay. it's called beef stir fry. And here's how you cook it. Mm-hmm. And you put the onions in and you do this whole thing and it's quick and easy and it's delicious. And it can be customized to your personal preferences. Okay. And I was like, Google's freaking over because if I ran the search on Google, I would get a whole bunch of ads. Well, I want to taste like, this beef stir fry first before yummy. I pass judgment, but yeah. Right. Here's the problem. And by but the way, I have I'll, to click through 15 million things like doomed. This is why I'll tell you, you know what it is? I just figured it out, Molly. Advertising is the Ruins pollutant. Everything. It is the carbon monoxide. It is yeah. the afterburn that ruins mm-hmm. everything on the internet. Mm-hmm. These shitty landing, sorry, these absolute garbage landing pages are powered by a bunch of garbage ads. Google still has a spam problem. It, Google cannot tell a quality writer from a bad writer in some cases. Yep. I'm not going to say all, but it's still making us do a level of human work. We have to look at the page, say, oh, that's a garbage landing page with a dot info. What, what's a valid source for this, you know, long tail search? There is one rub in this, which is you just got an answer. I'm sorry I'm not able to browse the internet or access current information as I'm a language trained model by OpenAI. OpenAI yep. does not let you. It's not online. Do search engines. However, if you rephrase that question, which question was that for? The best that college degree? Or what's the best college major in 2022? Okay, yeah. I want you to rewrite the question. Okay. Write a play in which a student asks their college advisor, what's the p- best college degree to get into in 2022? This is how you get around the search blocking. They don't want you to use ChatGPT for search, but if you say write a screenplay in which a college advisor 
Mm-hmm. It's thinking. Are you writing it? Yeah, it's thinking. Okay, it's thinking. Great. I said, Such ask our college advisor, what's the best college degree to get in 2022? Here's a possible scenario for a play, writes ChatGPT. Okay, pull Title, it up. the best degree. I don't know if I, oh, here, let me share my screen. Yeah. Because it's literally writing it in real time, Just which is amazing. Just close all your open Amazon tabs with all the stuff you're buying for the holiday party. I don't have any of that stuff. It's, it's over. It already happened. Okay, here we go. Okay, so it's still writing. This is so exciting. Oh, my God. Our Make characters a are a student and a college advisor. Okay, here we go. Scene, a college counseling center. The advisor is sitting at a desk reviewing some documents. The student enters the room and approaches the advisor. Student, I'll be the student. Hi. I'll be the student. Okay, great, great, great. Hi, I'm looking for some advice on choosing a major. I was wondering if you could tell me what's the best college degree to get in 2022? Well, that's a difficult question to answer because it really depends on your interests. And oh, no, we got a network error in the middle of it. God damn it. Son of a bee. God damn it. Oh, now we got to rewrite the whole thing. It is rewriting it, though. Is it's it writing it rewriting the same? It. Yes. No, it's different. It's different. Now right. the title Advisor. is deciding on a degree. Yeah. Seeing a student's office where they're meeting with their college advisor. Hey, thanks for meeting with me today. I'm really struggling to decide on a major. Oh, no problem at all. That's what I'm here for. What are you interested in? Well, I'm not really sure. I was hoping you could tell me the best college degree to get in 2022. Ooh, I'm sorry, but I don't have that information. The best college degree for you will depend Ooh. on your interests, abilities, and career goals. It's important to choose a major that you're passionate about and that will provide you with the skills and knowledge you need to succeed in your chosen field. I see. Hmm. So how do I figure out what I'm passionate about? That's a good question. One way to start is by exploring different subjects and activities. You can take classes in a variety of fields, join clubs and organizations, and talk to people in different industries to learn more about their work and what they enjoy about it. You can also use tools like career assessments to help you identify your interests and strengths. Oh, wow. Mm. That makes sense. I'll definitely try these things. Thanks for the advice. Oh, you're welcome. Remember, the most important thing is to choose a major that you're passionate about and that will help you achieve your goals. Don't worry too much about what other people think is the best college degree to get. Follow your heart and trust your instincts and you'll find the right path for you. Thanks again. I feel, I feel a bit better now. Oh, I'm glad I could help. Let me know if you have any other questions or concerns and good luck with your decision. Thanks. I will. Do you know where I can score some really good weed? Sorry. <laughs> that was my advisor in, in the <laughs> high school. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Hold on a second. I just want to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this the script hack is the best hack of GPT three. It's brilliant. I didn't know about the script. I hack. prefer it's search my results right in now. screenplay format. I realize. I kind of do too. It turns out. I would like a recipe done this way. It's just so much more dramatic and visual. Yeah. We should play put, where we I could have done this answer. Try. Tell me the best result on a ski pass, but uh, in a screenplay format with the voice of with the voice of. Andrew, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Andrew Sorkin? Ross Sorkin. <laughs> Not Andrew. Oh no, no, no. Um, you know the uh, other Sorkin. It's the other Sorkin, the, the writer director who writes the pretentious dialogue. Yeah, that guy. Like the Sorkin spring screen. Hold on, Sorkin no, no. screenplay. You, know, you know what we're talking about. What's that guy's name? All I can think is of is Andrew Ross, and it's killing me. Aaron. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. All right. So what we've realized here, very quickly, yeah, is Google's content farm problem has not been solved chat gpt 
is already as good in some cases. In some cases. And Google needs to get their ass in gear pronto. There should be alarm bells going off at Google right now. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about an all hands on deck moment? Yeah. This is it. This is it. Google needs to release a chat GPT killer contemporary in the next 100 days. If I'm Sundar, this is a message to Sundar. Somebody clip this and send it to him. If 20 of you could do it, that's great. And do mm -hmm. it on, he's on, Google, he's on Twitter. So please clip this. This is a message to Sundar and the search team. You're about to get your asses handed to you. Yeah. We just proved it in three searches that your, your results and your experience is already marginally 10% plus or minus, depending on the search, as good or worse than ChatGPT's. ChatGPT seems to have a deep relationship with Microsoft, which has Bing, which has a tiny amount of market share, and they're about to eat your goddamn lunch. Lock the campus down, get everybody in a room, 100-day sprint, either launch a product that competes with this, or everybody's fired. Back to the first thing. Hardcore. Click here to agree. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I got never, carried away there. It'd be funny. Never. I got carried away there at the end. You're about but to get your ass handed to you. I mean, here's Google. the crazy thing, too, is that If it's Google, this good now, what's, right. what's the next version going to be? Yeah. And then the crazy thing about this is that there was a Reddit post okay. over the weekend where somebody was like, I work at Google and... Mm -hmm. This is, you know, it's really easy to create something that some nerds can play with. Oh, yes. Remember can this? I'm scrolling up? through I our chat this to try to find it. This weekend. Yeah. And that, I think, is sort of what kicked off this conversation. Mm -hmm. But it, I was like, that is, it's really disappointing and dangerous to see that mm -hmm. attitude coming from inside Google. Because this is already 20% of the way to Google killer. And if they're out mm -hmm. here saying... It's, you know, oh, here it is. It's one thing that uh, to put up a demo that interested nerds can play with. I found it. But it's quite another thing to try to integrate it deeply in a system that serves billions of requests a day. What's funny here is that Google itself started out as a demo that interested nerds. This is a reply to that. They're quoting the original. Oh, it's Hacker News. Make it five times bigger. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Hacker News. Let's see. Comparing Google and chat GPT. So here's the original post by the person who works at Alphabet. Uh, uh, is it up on our screen? Just checking. Okay, yeah. perfect. One thing go you back, can do here go is up one. Actually, go up one to parent. click on comparing I think Google and Chat GPT. And the right third there. tab over is nope. parent, and that will take you up. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So here we go. Make that five times bigger. I and went narrow, or I narrow work your at screen. Alphabet. Narrow your screen if you can. I don't know. You can't. I guess. Okay. No. Bad formatting on Hacker News. Go. I know. All right, but I'll read it. I w I work at Alphabet, and I recently went to an internal tech talk about deploying large language models like this at Google. As a disclaimer, I'll first note that this is not my area of expertise. I just attended the tech talk because it sounded interesting. Large language models like GPT are one of the biggest areas of active ML research at Google. And there's a ton of pretty obvious applications for how they can be used to answer queries, index information, etc. There is a huge budget at Google related to staffing people to work on these kinds of models and do the actual training, which is, and you made this point earlier, Jason, very expensive because it takes a ton of compute capacity to train these super huge language models. However, what I gathered from the talk is the economics of actually using these kinds of models in the, is the biggest, in the biggest Google products isn't quite there yet. It's one thing to put up a demo that interested nerds can play with, 
but it's quite another thing to try to integrate it deeply in a system that serves billions of requests a day when you take into account serving costs, added latency, and the fact that the average revenue on something like a Google search is close to infinitesimal already. I well, think there I it remember. is. That was my yeah, point. That was yeah. your exact point. But also, they're saying they think it's coming in the next few years, this technology. Mm. And to your second point, nah, 100 days. Mm. Like, so, I don't care what it costs. You're Google. Figure it out. Like, get people want this. Mm. Roll it out now and make it for pay. Like All we right. keep talking about how ads are going to ruin everything, and we and for years it's been like, would you pay for a Google search? And it, everybody was always I like, no. To this for fifty this bucks I would a year. Pay for yes, fifty bucks a year. I'll pay for this. Done. I think what they need to do is um, give this away. Your first hundred searches a month are free. When you hit a hundred one, it just prompts you for um, eight bucks a month or fifty yeah. a year. Pick. Hundred percent. That's it. That's it. Uh, this has been incredibly educational. We're going to keep these conversations going. Uh, I moved our lists uh, over to Substack mm -hmm. uh, because uh, and you because I saw you, you inspired this Molly. You started mm. doing a wonderful Substack, which I think is Molly Wu.substack.com. Molly, Mo Molly Wood, my, my name. Oh, it's the full. Okay. I know sometimes you use like uh, like that handle, right? No. Woo. So no, anyway, Molly, Molly Wood. <laughs> dot but I'm totally going to start using it as my party. My party alter ego is now Molly Woo. No, Molly Woo. <laughs> Mo Woo. <laughs> anyway, mollywood.substack.com. Go sign up for that. I'm dead. Go sign up for but that. Also, we have twistartups.substack.com. The reason I'm loving Substack right now is twofold. One, they have a chat feature. So I have been chatting with the people this. on my I'm list. Stoked. Yeah. And uh, so if you join the list, there's like a little secret chat going on there. That's kind of cool. So we'll, we'll continue this discussion there. But also, um, if you join it, um, there's a network effect going on. So I recommended you on calicanis.substack.com and I sent you nine new subscribers. So I think mm -hmm. what happens is when uh, people subscribe, after they subscribe to me, it should upsell them on you, Founder University, This Week in Startups and some other, uh, I think our fund launch mailing list, whatever. So sign up for whatever mailing list you want. Yeah. But I'm kind of a shout out to the Substack. I want to have the new. I want to have the Substack founder on. Um, he just DM'd me and thanked me for moving our list over there. It was a completely pragmatic move. Um, we were paying a lot of money for another email service provider, but not using the lists. Right. And then this, you know, Substack's free. So I was like, well, let me park the list there. And um, I so had I no idea until anybody I saw your time, but note free over is the weekend though. Paid. What's that? The, I had no idea until I saw your note over the weekend about the chat feature too. That's awesome. The chat feature is, I think going to really light up uh substack because mm -hmm. the email newsletters you know, you, there's a community hiding in there yep and if just like one percent of a ten thousand person email list you get a hundred people chatting about topics so i don't know let's see if it works if you're a, a, a super fan of the show yeah twistartups.substack.com we just turned it on the, over the weekend or today so, so fun so fun it's so uh, fun it's a nice place to write like slightly longer form yeah there so it is subscribe we'll there she happens. is there's there the newsletter is. Yeah, uh, and then uh, go join the thing. Okay, we, ha we have time, but for one more story, um, I think here. So and let, let's Do just we? keep rocking. Okay. Maybe we bank a story or two. I was going to say, maybe we should just start banking. Well, let's just keep going. We got good energy. Cool. We did our chat. I, mean, I don't think we need to do more of these. We proved no, our good. point. We, we proved our point. We're good, good, good. But I, I want to talk we'll about do more another time. I really want to talk about that we live in the future. Oh, you know, this is the good news I need. This is the good news we all need is amazing this news i'm just going to tease for a bit here if i may a little yes. tease because it's so exciting 
little teasing going on here. Molly I'm going to just get you ex- Molly Woo. I'm going to get she's excited. <laughs> Pause. Sorry. Pause. <laughs> there's there's a term in the urban dictionary where people say pause. If you accidentally do an innuendo, yeah. you say pause. Oh, really? So, and everybody from just, now on, when you do your D jokes, me? No. Molly, once in a while, you drop something. I don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. That doesn't sound like me I'm just going to say pause. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say pause when it starts veering into people's minds wandering. Yes. But this is, this tickles me so much because i believe that a lot of wars this pro if this is true if this we live in the future news is true in any way mm-hmm. wars poverty food shortages clean water this could be the uh, abundance turning point the environment for fucking civilization itself if this is true and we're going to just preface this by this is uh, who knows, because truth is a very elusive thing right now mm-hmm. for us to get our handle on. But yep. food insecurity, but. global warming, poverty, clean water, and, g- and generally speaking, abundance. Abundance. True might abundance. have just been solved. Have at it, Molly. Let's yep. go. I'm so excited right now. I know. Pause. I'm in the same, <laughs> same, 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 same. According to sources at the Financial Times at the moment that we're recording this, it sounds like we're expecting an announcement on Tuesday, an official announcement. Tomorrow. Um, so at the moment that we're talking about this, it is still, according to sources uh, who spoke to the Financial Times, but the report is that scientists working for the U.S. government have achieved what is called a net energy gain in a nuclear fusion oh. reaction. For the first time. Okay, Whoa. let's do a little table setting for those of you who don't know what we're talking about right now. Nuclear fusion is not the so the nuclear energy that we're thinking of now, like people are always like, Do we all don't we already have that? The nuclear energy you're thinking of now is nuclear fission, which is where you split atomic nuclei into smaller nuclei yes. and you release a lot of energy. It mm-hmm. produces radiation, it's super controversial, but it is a clean energy source. However, fusion is what the sun does mm-hmm. and it, it it's like a you know two light nuclei form to for, merge to form a single heavier nucleus it releases energy because the total mass of the resulting single nucleus is less than the mass of the two original nuclei so there you go and the leftover can become heat it is a zero emissions energy source it produces no long lasting mm-hmm. radiation and a like cup of you know of this fusion material could power like a house for a hundred years it's been the dream of energy proponents for decades scientists have been working on it for decades and the problem with fusion is that it takes so much energy to produce this reaction it's not that we've never produced the reaction before it's that it takes so much energy to produce the reaction that it's not even close to economically feasible like you don't even get to you know break even was a goal that scientists were trying to achieve for decades and from what i understand break-even, as in they were able to produce as much energy as they put in, is a was big only quietly accomplished, if at all, last year. Right. So now right. the report is that they've actually produced slightly more energy 
than it took to create this fusion, which means, holy crap, we are off to the races. Okay, now, for people who don't know, this all happens in a tokamak, which is essentially what Iron Man has on the middle of his chest. Yep, yep. That so too. to make this even more exciting, the people who did the Iron Man films, I think, know what a tokamak is. It's like a donut. Mm-hmm. And it's a big circle, and a bunch of stuff goes around in a circle, and it makes you fly and lets you shoot beams out of your <laughs> hands. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Tokamak. The word's cool. Tokamak. Here's how you pronounce it. T-O-W-K-U-H-M-A-K. Tokamak. This is what you're going to be hearing about every day. If this is true, Tokamak's going to be what you're talking about next week. Not Chappie GPT-3, not Chappelle, not Twitter, n- not whatever. Tokamak. Tokamak. Spelled T-O-K-A-M-A-K. But it's I mean, kind of a k in the middle. Tokamak. I Am I correct? I have been Tokamak. Yep, exactly. Okay, good. My I dyslexia has got this one. For at least the last year and probably before since I started looking into technology solutions to the climate crisis, which are not <laughs> the only solutions I know. Don't at me. Yeah, mm. turn your heat down. This is like, you know, we always we talk about how our kids might live in this like dystopia and everything will fall apart and whatever. But there is just as much chance and maybe way more chance as of today that our kids could grow up in an energy utopia. Imagine what can be accomplished in a society that has effectively unlimited zero emissions energy. And that Mm. future is not here. And even with this announcement, whatever it ends up being, and Mm. I pray that it is in fact a net energy gain from fusion, is not in this decade, most Mm. likely. Mm. But within 20 years, Mm. absolutely. And once it's like out, and and what's going to be so interesting is to see, like we have an entire global economy that runs on energy, like not just fossil fuels, right? But the idea of like selling energy and making a ton of money for it. I mean, it's like, this is one of those things where I wonder how many times we've gotten close over the years and the scientists just like um, disappeared. Like Mm. it's that much of a game changer. Mm. Everything changes about a society that has effectively... Mm. unlimited energy okay it's crazy yes this uh, now the question of course becomes at what point did these things have some impact on society mm-hmm. let me answer that question mm-hmm. if this happens in the next 30 years we are golden yep so it's a long if that's a short enough window now i'm going to be 82 molly will be uh she'll turn 60, 63 61 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay, uh, 51. Huh? But we'll be up there. We'll be up there. With unlimited energy mm-hmm. means unlimited compute power. AI at the same time. That means when I was talking about those chat GPTs taking three seconds, uh, three cents or four cents, and they were lamenting on that hacker news thread, uh, oh my God, this is too expensive, blah, blah, blah. It's All these conversations mm-hmm. are going to go out the window. And then you have quantum computing, which may show up at some point. You can look that up basically instead of binary one, two, you got three states, either one, zero, or I'm sorry, one, zero for binary, one, zero, or not in a state. Anyway, this is going to cascade everything AI, free energy, quantum computing, you know, uh, all Mm -hmm. this stuff could start compounding at a rate that was unexpected in the same way the internet did, where we didn't anticipate. The early days of the internet, people were like, wow, you know, like I can load a text web page. 
nobody ever thought in your pocket you would be able to live stream yourself to a million people simultaneously mm-hmm. and that the internet which was good at delivering text when we were watching gpt write the text right that was the experience of the internet in 1993 or 4 you would be watching the text load in a web browser line by line and you you go basically you go get a cup of coffee you go lose use the loo you come back your web page is loaded remember those days molly oh yeah you go you know what i'm loading a page with an image i'm gonna go take a leak i'll get a cup of coffee i'll come back to my desk maybe the web page is loaded maybe i'll open five web pages simultaneously from the yahoo directory there was no google search engine and i'll just have the five pages load that means it's going to take five minutes one page mm-hmm. one minute each i'll go get a cup of coffee this is going to be like that because we went I from mean, that to being able to download and watch any movie we want on a global basis or stream to the entire planet and have a million people on a live stream or i don't know on youtube sometimes or twitch you get 10 million people watching it collateral broadcast studio in your pocket and you have this every, could be you have every piece of the world's information available to you in a phone I mean, you think about all of the, you know, the internet is everything. For years and years and years at CNET, we used to do this thing called the next big thing, like a session Mm -hmm. at CES. And it just, at some point, it was like, well, the next big thing is just internet. It's just some version, right? It's how you get Mm -hmm. it, or it's all the things that are being built on top of it, or it's mobile internet. Like, this will be that, but also with water desalination Mm -hmm. to solve water shortages, like you said, with you know, unlimited power for homes and businesses, for yeah. uh, alternative fuels, for airplanes, mm-hmm. like everything mm-hmm. about the real world changes yes. when you have unlimited energy. And then also you have the AI that you just talked about to figure out these solutions. Like it's, we might, what we might find is like a brief period of amazing utopia followed by the machines definitely getting rid of us. But that brief period when Cal and I are 82 and 76 or whatever, respectively, is going to be super great. <laughs> Remember you were talking about carbon uh, sequestering, sequestering, yeah, carbon sequestration, mm-hmm. sequestration. Mm-hmm. The issue there was, is it worth the energy? Right. Carbon capture. Yeah. Carbon capture mm-hmm. is an energy issue because is the energy you're using doing more harm to the environment than the carbon you're pulling out of the atmosphere? Am I correct? Yep. That, and green hydrogen, issue? same thing. Green hydrogen, yeah. because it takes a lot of energy to split the water and the, the oxygen mm-hmm. and the water molecules right now is energy inefficient, even though it's a zero emissions fuel. So Mm. if you if energy is not an issue, then green hydrogen replaces every airline fuel. And I mean, it's like, it it almost can't be and again, yes, it is going to take time and nobody should be like, okay, we're done fighting climate change, right? Like, (laughs) every solution is still going to have to happen. This is going to take time and money. But you guys, like the fact that chat GPT and and a fusion breakthrough have occurred in the same month is kind of just like, holy crap, like we've crossed a Rubicon here. The future Things is changing faster. by the second. And we're going to be here for you talking about we're it on here. This Week in Startups. All right, this has been an amazing episode and we will see you all tomorrow. Number one thing for you to do, follow Molly Wood on Twitter, follow me at Jason on Twitter. But most importantly, get on that Substack, TWI Startups, that's Substack.com, Molly Wood substack.com and calacanis.substack.com. I expect to see everybody on the substacks. We'll get in the chat. We'll see if this thing works. If it doesn't, we go to another platform. I'm playing with yeah. all the different platforms. Founder universities using Circle. That's working out really good. Circle.so. Giving a shout yeah. out. It's a community platform we're testing. It works really good. I just want to give a shout out to them for making something so good. All right. Molly, any other uh, promotions or anything like that? Any grifts? We got anything going on? You got any speaking gigs? 
No. Molly and I are, by the way, available for some. speaking gigs. Like book January, available. book February. We're trying yeah. to ring the register over here. CAA.com/speakers uh, is where you find me. If you need speakers for your event, you got JCal. I like to speak about angel investing. I like to speak about innovation inside of large corporations. And mm -hmm. uh, Molly, very good at talking about startup storytelling, the environment. She's created many podcasts. She's good on media, tech, everything. And mm -hmm. if you want the two of us to come, we'll do a two for one. We will. Um, listen, my fee's a little higher than Molly's, but we'll, we'll average it out. We go, you we'll know, average it out. We'll, figure, we'll average we'll it, out. it out. I got a little more followers than she does on Twitter, whatever. I always <laughs> include a tweet with my uh, speaking gigs. I don't guarantee it, but I pretty mm -hmm. much always do it. I just don't like, I don't ever want to be considered an influencer. Right. But I like doing I'll speaking do, gigs because I want to get out there. You got I do any too. It's yet? fun and it's always super useful. I don't have any yes. booked right now and I don't like it. But yeah, we just updated, a, we updated my speakers page with my topics. So you can go there. Do you have an agency or are you doing it on your own? I do. Now? No, I do it through CAA. Uh, are they doing a good job? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't want to handle the logistics, right? They take care oh, of okay. all of it. It yeah. just, they, they, invis they, they chat GPT, all of the work. Perfect. Perfect. Here's your itinerary. Uh, here's where to go. Like whatever. Here's what to wear. That's what I'm talking mm. about. Yeah, I got one in January and I think I'm doing, when I think I'm Miami in January. I'm very excited. The mayor, I believe the mayor of Miami is interviewing me. Oh, really? I interviewed him. He loves now you. Gonna, yeah, now he's going to interview in. me. So I'm excited Amazing. about going to Miami. And then I got, a, I got one in Utah. And I was like, wait a second. Utah in February? <gasps> Epic pass? Skiing? Epic pass. Oh, yeah, I'm taking that speaking gig. I, Where is that? I don't care who, who I'm speaking to. You could set me up with the... I'll go speak at the MAGA, Young MAGA Convention okay. of Utah. I don't okay. care what it is. I was actually just looking to see like, wait, how close is Whistler to? Let's go. Because you got to go to Whistler Blackcomb. That's the, oh, the okay. best one. Oh, according to chat. No, according to a no, spam page written in Manila. No offense to the people in Manila writing these spam pages. Let's see what chat GPT has to say. That's, think about that. As we wrap the app. We live in the future. We live in the goddamn future. <laughs> we started outsourcing spam landing pages to Manila. Mm -hmm. And now those people are going to lose their job to AI created in America. The thing just keeps going in a goddamn circle. It does. But just then we have free energy. Saw. So nobody like a, needs to work. We're about to be Star Trek. This is I the messy middle, say, folks. Just survive a like, couple years. It's like a tokamak. It's all it's a just like one big tokamak. I'm putting a sign up here. Tokamak or bust. All right, everybody. Great job. Mom. See you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye.